Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. We have witnessed a transparent bid to transform art into an asset class for private speculation. Without political autonomy, art is a tool of propaganda. As this incoming administration dramatically reduces or eliminates public funding for the arts, museums will be relying solely on compromised private funding. We uphold the value of art and cultural production independent from financial and political coercion, free from appropriation and exploitation. Thank you. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. That was Tal Beery, one voice in the Occupy Museums movement. He was speaking out during a January 20, 2017 protest event. At the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York City, he joined other art activists voicing concerns about the new administration taking power in the United States. Occupy Museums grew out of Occupy Wall Street in 2011, a prolonged demonstration in Zuccotti Park in New York City's Wall Street Financial District. The movement protesting financial greed and corruption sparked actions against economic inequality worldwide. Occupy Museums continues to engage in this vital conversation. Clearly, Christopher Wailu and Mia Locks, curators of the 2017 Whitney Biennial, recognize the value of art activism. They invited Occupy Museums to present Debt Fair, a wall-sized installation that tackles the subject of art and the economy. Today I'm speaking with Imani Jacqueline Brown and Kenneth Pietrobono. In 2012, the two artists, along with Tal Beery, Noah Fisher, and Arthur Polendo, launched Debt Fair as a platform for their research into the complex and obscure financial systems that impact artists in the United States. Today our topic is a project in which you've both been involved for years. Occupy Museums was formed in 2011 during Occupy Wall Street as part of a call to bring the critique of Occupy Wall Street, which had been operating in the spheres of financial institutions, of educational institutions, challenging the way that financial interests have completely come to control our national politics, our uh, national values, our national economy. And we said, well, um, the financial interests are also controlling our culture and cultures and are controlling the ways in which people of the United States and beyond are able to actually engage with our cultural institutions. Kenneth, what exactly is Debt Fair? Debt Fair is a project of Occupy Museums. It is a platform where we invite artists to consider their artwork and their economic reality as connected. The most expensive schools in the United States are art schools. More people are identifying as artists than any other profession in the U.S. Census. Student debt has just hit $1.3 trillion. So essentially our position and Debt Fair's position is that the common state of the U.S. artist today is an artist in debt. And Debt Fair essentially asks artists, how does your economic reality affect your art? You sent a call out to invite people to share their economic reality with you as the source material. 
for what you would be presenting at the Whitney. Correct. Yeah. Many artists would be familiar with this where you're asked for your artist statement, um, where you kind of describe the materials you use and the inspiration for your work. And while we ask those questions of artists, we additionally ask them to discuss questions of their debt, how their debt affects their art, what feelings it brings up, what ways their their work would be different if they weren't in debt. Um, so again, it, it's kind of doing a slow work of bringing a reality to be a shared conversation in a community that in a lot of ways is de-incentivized from talking about questions of class and economy. What you're bringing to light is really an interesting and very significant, very challenging topic for artists and creatives in general to talk about. Within the art world, in quotes, we often look at work and create work uh, through the lens of our various identity politics, um, which of course is a phrase that's incredibly fraught right now and debated about what the place is for these identity politics. But I see economic reality in class as being yet another identity politic, just the way that uh, so-called race can cross genders, the way that sexuality can transcend race. Class, too, is something that factors greatly into the way that one experiences the world. In our society, we have a lot of hesitancy about the idea of class and about identifying as a class. And that's something that Occupy Wall Street made sure to include at the forefront of its political and economic critique. There was an incredible amount of solidarity that could be found in that moment you saw the, the return of a, a sort of class consciousness during Occupy Wall Street that was incredibly important. And we're exploring that as well and sort of testing the waters of exploring a class consciousness and how that emerges through art. Debt Fair is doing is that it's revealing that debt is this current that underlies all of our institutions and all of our realities within a capitalist society. That debt is something that has become nearly impossible to avoid. What Debt Fair is really saying is that debt is something that connects us all. There is power that can be found there, and there is strength, and there is a possibility to leverage that power if we are only able to first recognize that that is something that we share. It's not, of course, just in the artistic community that this is felt. The debt is just a pervasive reality of United States culture. As we're just working day to day to pay off, you know, our minimum on our credit card, our minimum on our student loan payments, our minimum on our mortgage, that money and that debt obligation, really, that we have, that relationship that we have with our bank uh, is being traded and invested in by brokers at a much higher level of the economic hierarchy. One of the questions we've ended up asking, we're working with artists uh, that have debt to uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. And J.P. Morgan Chase is one of the major sponsors of the Whitney Biennial. The unique thing about the art world is that it has extreme proximity to these financial institutions and to the financial class at large. I understand you had more than 500 artists who participated in your open call, and you selected 30. How will it look at the Whitney, this installation? We chose 30 artists specifically who were indebted to J.P. Morgan Chase, 
Navient and Puerto Rican institutions like Banco Popular and First Bank of Puerto Rico. We have them organized on the wall in three bundles. The idea of the bundles is essentially that a group of artists, are their work is put together as a unit where it is one collective set of artworks that represent a specific condition. So what you'll see at the, at the Whitney Biennial are three bundles where there are 10 artists each. The first bundle is Puerto Rican artists uh, that have debt to Banco Popular or First Bank of Puerto Rico or affected by the Puerto Rican debt crisis. The second is artists that have debt to Navient, uh, managing their student loans. And the third is artists that have debts to J.P. Morgan Chase. So you have 10 artists in groups of three. And the thing to know is that the bundle, the collective bundle, it cannot be shown without every piece in it. So what we're really trying to build is this idea of solidarity and this idea of shared conditions being visible. One of the largest things we're trying to point out is how all of these bundles, again, add up to connection to BlackRock and connection to asset management. So essentially, we'll be using the cutouts in the wall in order to tell a larger story of how even these banks are part of this asset management growth that has almost quadrupled in value since the 2008 crash. We chose 30 artists specifically based on their financial relationships and based on just a combination of factors for the best way to represent the information that we were trying to get across through the project. So it was a lot of data analysis and data crunching and, and shuffling and trying to figure out how to have the, the most diverse range of experiences and backgrounds and realities within these three bundles to really show that, you know, despite the diversity of our experiences and our backgrounds, we are all connected and we do come together through our, our financial relationships. And the artwork that you chose, is there a theme at all? Artists were free to submit any material they wanted. There is no one theme. No artist is being asked to respond to debt in general, though many of them actually do. And it's amazing once you really take your time to look at the material and read the text because the work is just so complex. Within just the 30 artists, um, there's work that deals with incarceration. There's work that deals with gentrification and race. There's work that deals with class. There's abstraction. There's immigration. There's colonial histories. It's an incredibly broad range of aesthetic and conceptual approaches. Every artist that sent in information, whether or not they were chosen to be physically shown, they're all given a profile on debtfair.org. And every profile will be shown digitally in the museum as a slideshow. I think it's such an inclusive idea and such a poignant topic. I think the thing to remember, honestly in many ways, at the beginning of this conversation. And I'm so pleased that we're, that debt fair is being realized on this like public scale at this time when the public conversation is really ready to actually understand what debt fair means. We are all in this system together. And without all of us standing up and saying that we will no longer be a part of these systems of economic and political and racial violence, we won't be able to overcome. The crisis 
that you represent in this work is clearly an opportunity for action and for artists as culture makers and their followers, supporters, and communities to actually engage with these issues. Absolutely. So the call to action would be one of inviting, encouraging, inspiring artists to engage in different spheres than those in which they normally see themselves as a way to transform communities and make a different kind of difference. Certainly. I think that's what really fueled Occupy was a rediscovery of the force of art, art as a means of engagement. I see Occupy as a giant experimental training ground about different ways of being in a society and what society means and how it should function. And in that way, it has thoroughly transformed everyone who was a part of it and has radically transformed the way we see ourselves in the world and the way we see our responsibility to politics and to art. You know, we're very much looking forward to making this topic powerful and productive. We think it's incredibly pertinent, and we just hope to do right by everybody and produce some really effective change. Here's Noah Fisher, another voice of Occupy Museums. Also at the Whitney Museum on January 20th, the day of the United States presidential inauguration, he sums up this group's collective commitment. We value art that is authentic, layered, diverse, and unafraid of delving into the complexity of our shared experiences. We commit to a struggle against the reign of hegemonic power brokers in the arts and in support of a more committed discourse, museums must move towards greater social justice in order to remain relevant. Thank you. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. You've been listening to the voices of Tall Berry and Noah Fisher and to my conversation with Imani Jacqueline Brown and Kenneth Pietrobono. Together with Arthur Perlendo, they represent the Occupy Museums movement. Their wall-sized debt fair installation at the 2017 Whitney Biennial reveals a world of information about the complex economic realities that impact artists today. Occupy Museum members suggest that this expose is just the beginning of their engagement in the topic. Since all our debts are connected, the close rapport between art and the financial industry could well be the key leveraging point in a collective demand for debt justice. Learn more at debtfair.org and freshartinternational.com. Help us grow by rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes and listen anywhere you go for podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, let us know on Instagram and Twitter at freshartintl. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.